The following audio is from Central Christian Church, located in Portales, New Mexico. To connect with Central, go to centralwired.org. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. And heaven and nature see and 
The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing.
December the 26th, but Merry Christmas. <clears throat> and, you know, this is, this is our last Sunday of the year that we'll get to meet together. So there's a lot of things, you know, I could have talked about. You know, we look back, we make goals, we make resolutions, we do all that. <clears throat> I'm going to go a little different direction today. If some of you weren't here last week to see Gene McMath when he did his devotional, you missed something I thought truly remarkable. And it's been on my mind all week. <clears throat> Basically, he told a story of some things that have happened in his life, some decisions that he made, and how by the world's standards those decisions were failures. They were wrecks. They were disasters. And he'd had some hard luck. There's no arguing that. <clears throat> the thing that stuck out to me, and I, I can't get past it, everything that was supposedly a mistake, he was praising God and thanking him for where it led him. That's an attitude that sometimes I don't have as much as I need to. <clears throat> you know, when when we look at the year 2021, <laughs> we no, we thought it would never end, and yet here we are, and it has flown by. And next week, according to all the TV commercials, we get to start over. <clears throat> What is our mindset going to be? When I, when I think back on Gene's talk, it made me realize that I need to train myself better. I think we all do. <clears throat> I think about what Paul wrote in Philippians, chapter 4, verse 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. 
I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You know, we see that verse a lot on T-shirts and in locker rooms. and Nobody puts those first few verses up there, do they? We just celebrated Christmas. There's still some going on, you know, more celebrations today. We celebrate the birth of Jesus, and we talk about the greatest gift that has ever been given to this world. You can't receive a gift without thankfulness. That's something we should be truly thankful for. When we partake of communion, it's not just a ritual that we do because we're supposed to. We're remembering what it took to get us into heaven because we're not worthy. When we, you know, get ready for this year and try to set our minds on how we're going to, how we're going to live and how we're going to face things, I want to close with First Thessalonians chapter five, verse sixteen through eighteen. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. And here's the clincher: be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus be thankful because we are truly blessed let's pray Heavenly Father as we come to this time of communion we simply want to say thank you thank you for your love for your plan, and for the ultimate gift that made that possible for us to join with you in heaven. Father, help us to put aside all the stress, the worries, the turmoil of the holiday seasons, and help us to remember what it is for. Your gift to us, and help us to be thankful. Mold our hearts and draw us to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The old man was part of the old guard. He was something of a fixture there. Everyone saw him. Everybody probably knew his name. Oh, he's such a nice man. He he was always over on the side. He probably waved at everybody. He he probably knew your name. He asked about the kids. He was polite. The years had taught him patience.
patience to wait, even if it's hard. Maybe Tom Petty was right all along. Maybe waiting really is the hardest part. Maybe God is calling us to wait on Him. We're in this series called Visitations. We're finishing it up today. All of the people that visited Jesus as a baby and all of the ways He visits people. So I'm going to ask you to stick with me for just a few minutes. I love that we have kids in here and I hope you have your Bibles with me with you or an app and you turn to Luke chapter 2. Like I said, I don't care if it's on an app or in your lap, just we want to be a Bible believing and a Bible using church. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read a little bit about this old man. His name Simeon. Join me in Luke chapter 2 if you're online, or you're listening on the radio. Luke chapter 2 starting verse 25. I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard Version today. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law... Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and glory to your people Israel. His father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, and a sword will pierce your own soul, and the thought, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now, there's a word there in this version that I use specifically. It's this word, consolation of Israel. Why that word? Consolation. Consoling someone seems to be when you've lost something. True? I console. I offer consolation. Uh, You've lost a family member. You've lost a pet. And and I want to console you. Well, Israel had lost status. Israel had lost respect. Israel had lost power. And Simeon believed that God was good and had not forgotten about Israel. And where this is interesting is Simeon didn't just believe in God, he believed God. Did you hear the difference? Because a lot of us believe God is out there. But do we believe the words of God? He believed that God would bring Messiah. He didn't just say, well, I I think God's pretty cool, but we're just going to have to make it on our own. No, God said Messiah is coming, so I am waiting persistently and anticipating this coming. He went to the temple all the time. It said the Holy Spirit was on him. He, he was talking to people. He was awaiting the coming of this Messiah. He believed God's words. And our God had promised Messiah. He had promised Savior. It is important that we remember waiting ties with persistence, that we work together. And it also reminds me that our God is good even when we are not. Our God is 
good, and he, his goodness is not affected by the badness of the world. I, it, he, it doesn't have an effect on him. I heard a story this week, and, and I want to share this with you. A boy, goes, boy and his dad go into a bathroom in the airport in St. Louis. They walk around the corner of those little airport bathrooms, and it was just a wreck. I mean, paper towels on the floor. They, they just hadn't cleaned it. There was soap on the counter. There was water on the glass. Everything was everywhere. And, and so the dad just walked over and he started picking up stuff. And he started cleaning. And he motioned for the son to come help. And as were their customs, so the son just jumped in there and helped. There was no, no talking. There was no planning. He just started cleaning. And they worked, and they cleaned together. They, they just got it done. And then the dad, when they finished up the last part of the trash, he turned to his son and he said this, We always leave people and places in better shape than we found them. We always leave people and places in better shape than we found them. And then I watch my news feed, and I see the horrid junk that's going on in our world and division and murder and and it and god didn't create this mess but it didn't stop him from volunteering to step in and clean it up it didn't hold him back from getting into the mess with our messiah and he's inviting you and me to join him in that work did you do you see that verse 32 he is a light to reveal God to all nations, all people, all Gentiles. That's you and me, people. That was for us. He was bringing light to us, and we bring light to our places. I was visiting with a friend recently and talking about the, this person said, I've, I've never felt called to mission work, but I feel like God called me into this business and I feel like I bring light into this business. I looked him right in the eye and said, yes, that is exactly ministry. That is exactly taking light into your business, into your classroom, into your family. He is taking light with us. But why would an old man wait for that? Why would he wait his whole life? One word, hope. He was raised on scriptures. He was raised on words of promise. And he listened to them. The current situation didn't look good. It was not good in Jerusalem. It was not good in the temple. It didn't look great. And yet he hung on to the words of God. Some of you jumped ahead of me there and I'm glad. You see, we look out here and we see that the world's not great. But our word says we are to take his light. We are to leave places in people in better shape than we found them. Are we doing that? Do we need to learn from Simeon to hang on in faith? Here's a question for you. Is your faith driven by circumstances? Or is your faith lived amidst circumstances? Do you hear the difference? Is your faith driven by circumstances? And, and just exactly what Wayne was saying, is it, is it then, oh my goodness, everything's bad, everything's broken, everything's terrible? Or is my faith living in the middle of circumstances, no matter what those circumstances are, I'm hanging on to God. I'm hanging on to His Word. Our God is good, and our hope is in this baby Jesus. No matter what life throws at you, 
God can turn it to good. He can take your addiction. He can take your grief. He can take your physical pain. We have people in our church family that deal with physical pain every day. He can take your financial hardship. He can take that rebellious child. He can take your broken marriage, your hurt heart. He can take your addiction to alcohol. And he can turn it to good. God can bring a change if you will bring it to him. Bill Bright said this. I love this. With God, life is an endless hope. Without God, life is a hopeless end. You see, this moment for Simeon was not the end. Well, it was the end because he said, I can go now. This is my end. But it was really the beginning. His response was, I'm not afraid of death. This is awesome. I get to see exactly what you promised. I am going to live what you promised. I get, to, I get to go be with God now. He wasn't afraid of death. He was praising God. C.S. Lewis said, A man can no more diminish God's glory by refusing to worship him than a lunatic can block out the sun by scribbling darkness on the walls of his cell. See, our God is worthy of praise. He sent these visitations to change our point of view. So we don't wander through life from circumstance to circumstance, from drama to drama, from disaster to disaster, that we walk in faith, that we live in faith, waiting on a Savior with a song on our lips. So just for a second, as we're closing up, God visited, and we looked at Zechariah, He looked at Joseph, that he visited Joseph. He did visit Mary. We looked at that one. Visited the shepherds. He visited the wise men, and the wise men visited. He visited Simeon, and later on in this passage, Anna. He wanted to visit. He wanted to stay, and he wanted to change our point of view. I told you recently I'm not a huge poet, but I found another one this week that really stung me. It's by a guy named Howard Thurman, who was a civil rights activist, a minister, a philosopher. Uh, He died in 1981, so he was kind of a contemporary of Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, was a preacher down in Alabama. He was not as famous, but he he wrote this, this passage, and it was called The Work of Christmas. It says, when the song of the angels is still, when the star in the sky is gone, When the king and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoners, to bring peace among others, to make music in the heart. That is the real work of Christmas. You see... He came to bring us light so we will go be light to our families, to our workplaces, to our classrooms, to everywhere we go. Will you do the work of Christmas? Will you make room for him to do what he wants to do? Let's pray together. Father God, we come to you in this holiday season celebrating and praising, thanking and glorifying. Father, we want to do the work that you have sent us to do. Not just go to church and then go on about our life, but but really truly see people in poverty and help them. See hurting broken people and encourage them. 
to bring light, your light. Father, you are great and greatly to be praised. May we make room for you to do what you want to do. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Portales, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.